This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. E3 Podcast. 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 Okay, that's starting to get annoying. Welcome to the Theology Gaming E3 Podcast. A showdown between the big three of E3. Do you feel the hype? (laughs) Okay, so that was kind of my introduction. (laughs) I thought you were the owner and proprietor. I'm the owner and proprietor of Theology Gaming. Welcome to the (laughs) Electronic Entertainment Expo podcast. With me today are two special guests who are fairly obvious. Yes, I, I am one of the special guests. I am M. Joshua Caller, and I thought the creepiest game that I saw at E3 was Cuphead, the game that you shoot as a 2D uh, Cuphead person from the 1920s style of animation. And I'm Ted Loring, Wild Man Ted, and if you paid for a ticket to this podcast, don't worry, you paid for the whole ticket, but you're only going to use the edge. Woo! Wow, that's hype. That's what they say at uh, monster truck rallies. You paid for your ticket, but you'll only use the edge. Do you, like, slide it through a turnstile or something? No, you pay for your ticket. You pay for your seat, you know, but you're going to be so excited at the thing. If you have to explain it, if you have to explain something, it's really never very good. Sorry, spectator sports aren't my thing. (laughs) I've never been a great joke teller either. I'm always one of those people at the end of No, you see, when the horse walked into the bar, it has a long face. And that's why the bartender said, why the long face? Oh, boy. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about you guys and E3. Okay, so E3 happened. 2014. It happened. I mean, it's technically still happening. I mean, it was kind of weird because they started it a day early, uh, all the press conferences and things along those lines. They've been announcing like a billion things in the week before E3, so technically not that much happened. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, from a a sheer like, here's a surprise, here's a big news, that, that all those things are all like all over the place. But I guess that's a good segue for what were some of the things for you guys that were the highlights of E3? Like, what, what are some of the things that you saw and were like, oh, that, that's, someone put that in there just for me? I remember barely paying attention until Nintendo's press conference, and only because <laughs> I was bored and I had something to do. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, Bayonetta 2 was shown yet again. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and of course we already knew about that, but yeah. what, did, what did you think about the, uh, the, the From Software announcement? Oh, Bloodborne? Yeah. It looks like an improved version of Dark Souls. Hey, <laughs> it's nice in an exciting, iterative sort of way, but not in the way like, oh my god, I need a PS4 right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I understand. But I mean, like, I guess the, the big... And that, that was the idea behind the announcement is, like, this is only going to be on PS4. It's an exclusive. Um, but the, the strange thing about uh, the announcements, especially along those lines, is that we're only really seeing video. We're not seeing... Uh, especially for most of the games that were were getting announced at E3 are just trailers. They're not actual games. They're just, you know, here's what we think that things will be kind of like. Yeah, even the Uncharted demo, the Uncharted like announcement trailer was just a trailer. It wasn't... It was just a teaser, yeah. Yeah, I, I, but everybody knows what Uncharted's going to be like, so... Right, right. There's no need to do that. But, like, Bloodborne? That should have had at least a, a trailer that involved the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the two things that we found out about it was that it was very similar to uh, the tower level from Demon Souls, um, in terms of like it takes place in a in a dark city and 
and uh, that sort of thing. But besides that, we, oh, and we learn that you have a, uh, a weapon that switches between modes, a sword that switches between short and long, and a gun. Yeah, and no more shields. And no more shields. Yeah, that's that's actually a really big deal for that series, yeah, I'm happy. considering. I'm very yeah, happy. <laughs> because it's like you can't just sit there and block everything now. You actually have to figure out what the heck you're doing and dodge stuff. When I when I hear Bloodborne, I just think about my work training. I have to go to Bloodborne pathogen training, <laughs> so I don't <laughs> let my blood touch other people's blood and stuff like that. And so that sounds like the premise of the most fun video game ever. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's really winning me over. Avoid the other people's blood. <laughs> How about you, Ted? What was what was one of the uh, the biggest highlights for you as far as like here they announced this and this is what I was intrigued about. That's an excellent question. Excellent question. There was one thing I was wanting to hear more about that I did not from Sony because it could for me could make the difference whether I buy a PS4 or not, and that is the Last Guardian, which was not mentioned to my knowledge. Again? Nope. Yeah, so I mean, so, they keep claiming it's not canceled. That's all yeah. I. That's all I know is that it's not canceled. That, that's what we heard about from before the event. Shuhei Yoshida was like, "Yeah, it's not. It's not canceled. No, <laughs> it's in well, indefinite development, but it's not canceled." Yeah, I mean, some of the reasons why I buy Sony is for the uh, Eco, the Shadow of the Colossus, and those kind of games. And this is, I think, the same developer. Uh, and that would make a difference for me as far as mine. I was looking at other stuff. Hey, I'm not going to go run and buy one so that I can play Little Big Planet Three. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand. So well, I am. Go ahead. There is a new Zelda. Yeah, that's a big deal. Should be yeah. relatively excited. You, you think I should be happy about that? And I guess I am. But maybe I'm getting a little older and jaded. I'm just kind of like you know. Yeah, here's another <laughs> another Zelda. Well, the difference but, is that it's open world, which makes me incredibly worried. <laughs> Well, the, the yeah. curious thing about it being open world is technically, at least in my mind, the first open world game I ever played was o- uh, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I guess Which, that counts. Yeah, it does count. Uh, I'll tell you why they said it, in my opinion, is because Skyward Sword was specifically not an open world game. You had three land sections that you could explore, and that was it. There was no connection between the two. So I think they were making a statement that it was not going to be like that. And it was 70 hours of linearity all the way down the track. See, that doesn't excite me. I'm like, give me just 30 hours. I, I... <laughs> it was really long. I think that's what happened to me at Skyward Sword. I was like, when will this end? It I haven't beat it yet. Ended. I'm probably three-fourths of the way through that one. You haven't finished it? No, I'm at the fun part, too, where you're on that pirate ship that floats through time somehow or another. Do you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. It's something in the past there was water, so it floats on the water in its area, but all around it's desert. Oh, yeah, the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That takes forever. It is hard, too. The first stop that I got, I hadn't played in a while, so I forgot the controls, so I just kept getting killed and getting killed. So I said, oh, I'll try that again a little bit later. Yeah, well, they didn't show very much about the new Zelda anyway. Yeah. Also, the vague 2015 which is yeah. the common theme this year, which was everything comes out next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is which is kind of a strange thing considering most of the time you want people to get really excited for your games because they're going to be able to play them soon. Yeah. Um, oh, Smash which was, Brothers comes out this year. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and that 
Yeah, but mm-hmm. as far as like game announcements, most everything that was announced was kind of like you're going to play this later. There was one exception. Um, one of the games that I was kind of excited about, which is still a little disappointing because it's not on PS3 yet, which is weird, uh, is Entwined, uh, which is uh, what looks like uh, a mixture between Dyad and Star Fox. Um, only it's much more artsy. That was one of the things that Sony came out. They were like, "Hey, here's a really great artsy game about uh, the." The interrelationship between two souls, uh, you have a, a flying bird and a, and a swimming fish, and they can never be together, but they can, they can dance and move together on separate sides of the screen, and it looks like origami, and uh, it's out right now. And that was, that was like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you, they're like, it's out right now. You can get it for $10. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's cool. It seems interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things though when someone releases something first for a current gen system, and also says, "Hey, coming soon to the previous gen system." <laughs> 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 so I would actually like I, I was actually tempted to kind of just run out and go grab it because um, I, I think like it, it being a cooperative based game uh, was something that I thought would be great for game cell. Um, also, being like a dyad in terms of the fact that you're going down like a tube. Um, and so you're still sharing the same screen and you're bouncing off of one another or something. I, I don't fully understand what you're doing in the game, but it looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's, kind of, that's kind of a little bit more about my bent anyway, um, is, yay, the game's pretty and it looks, it looks like it's fun. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> huh. Okay, so apparently the uh, Vita TV... Has an actual announcement? Yeah, that's actually called the PlayStation TV now. Yeah, they keep changing it, like PS Now and PS TV, and then Vita TV. And and it's curious that they announced that, and they still didn't bring up the thing that that Ted and I were talking about just before the show, which is the fact that PlayStation Vita is basically just like the uh, the Wii U screen, only better if you already have, if you have a PS4. It pairs with your system. You can play your PS4 on it anywhere in your house or if at work. Um, yes, and it works remotely. I mean, completely through the internet. Wow, that's pretty. Cool. I have tested it myself, not not through my own equipment, but through somebody else's. I played Infamous Two on a on a Vita, and it streamed the game, and it was responsive. It looked good. It was it was kind of amazing. And I tend not to be a Sony fanboy, so I I say that with great reservation. It was kind of amazing. And this is this is technology that isn't wasn't announced at E three, but is such a big deal considering no one's talking about it, and 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 it's it's actually the kind of technology that we're talking about when we talk about the PlayStation TV because um, it's 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 still basically a Vita, right? Uh, is it to watch television when they call it PlayStation TV? I mean. What what do you want to do with it on your Vita? It's Just confusing what it actually does, but if it plays Vita games, that's really all I care about. Yeah, the only the only thing about it is that you know some a lot of Vita games are still very dependent on the touch screen on the back of the the, the, the device itself, and which you would have to kind of like simulate by pressing and holding certain buttons and manipulating your control your control sticks in some way, shape, or form, which doesn't really feel like the same thing at all, especially considering. The game uh, Tearaway is so much about like you showing up in that world. So I don't know if they're going to port a lot to it. I don't know. I played the, the Assassin's Creed game on the Vita, and you had to stroke the back of it to use your canoe, you know, to paddle. Like 
No, it was it was awkward and it didn't control well for me. But it's it's a neat little gimmick, sort of. So so PlayStation TV means you can play Vita games on your television, basically. Is that is that the deal? What's what is it? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Stop really understand because yeah, because the, the, the you're uh, the expert. <laughs> yeah, the expert. All right, just so anyone anyone who's listening to this and is wondering whether or not we're you know actually at E3 or have insider knowledge, we don't. Um, everything that we find out about E3 is we're watching it either on the through the internet or we're watching recaps. And I did not fully catch the PlayStation announcement. Uh, I only caught re- had to re- recatch everything, considering it was sort of my bedtime. <laughs> okay. when all the uh the that that stuff was happening considering we're on the east coast. Okay, I'm reading this. Okay, so it's support it's the the PSTV supports DualShock controllers. It will act as a second PS4 through remote play if you have remote play. So, assuming you have a PS4 somewhere in the world tied to your account and the PSTV tied to your account, you can play PS4 games through the PSTV on a different television. Uh, Does that make sense? You can play your games through a different television set. Yeah. It okay. uses the same hardware as the PlayStation Vita. But it doesn't play all Vita games. It plays right. some. But it also plays PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 games sold through PlayStation Now Network. Okay. Okay. I'm starting to get a feel for it now. It so it doesn't output in 1080p or surround sound, all that sort of thing. But it could be great for a quick play somewhere, or if you have a, a room or something like that. I don't know how much it costs, but... Yeah, but it's 720p, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's fine. And it has an SD card slot or something. Or something. All right, Can it we... looks like it's $150. That's my guess here. Wait, no, isn't it... Didn't they announced it for 100 and it's they said 100 for... without the pad and 140 with the DualShock 3. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you already have a DualShock Three, then you know it's only a hundred bucks. You bring your spare controller upstairs, yeah, so which is—I mean—that's what I'm thinking. Considering, yeah, like, yeah, because we need to replace our Roku anyway. So <sighs> it was already released in Japan as the Vita TV. Hence the confusion on my part. Yeah. So it exists already, and it's called the Vita TV. But this, the PS Now, whatever TV now, this one, the United States version, is not just Vita games. Yeah, it's it is uh, kind of confusing, but um, it sounds like awful marketing. Well, you know they're they're just they're just launching the marketing ship, so I guess that, that explains why everything's so awkward. Sony's not always best at marketing. I mean, they stumble a lot at the beginning, and people say that Sony is winning right now in, in the console wars, and some even say they won at the E three presentation, uh, if that's a competition. And I don't always see that. I almost sometimes see Sony doing well in spite of themselves. Um, no Man's Sky, right? They, did you see yeah, that? yeah. The pictures of it look really neat. Well, No Man's Sky was actually announced at uh, what, what, whatever the Spike TV video game show thing is called now. Everything gets uh, announced before E3. Right, right. And I mean, well, that was actually that was uh, produced by the same team that did. Uh, Oh, crap, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the, 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 the motorcycle game where you're... Joe Danger. Um, they, the uh, same, same oh. team that did Joe Danger. Um, so it's kind of a, a huge departure in terms of style and, and function from what they've done previously, but they, that was an exclusive to PlayStation 3 very early on uh, in the PS3 uh, digital marketplace. 
Uh, and so that, that, that studio has a pretty good credo of developing high-quality content. Um, but yeah, no, it still sounds very fascinating. And, and, they, and the big surprise is that, hey, there's going to be dinosaurs in this game. <laughs> I watched look it cool. Space dinosaurs. I watched it and I'm like, clear. it looks cool, but will there be interesting things to do there? Right, right. The, the, it, it does not look like a Zack game right now. No, not um, at all. And that and that's sort of the, the the concern is is that it's it's similar to uh, the t- like uh, it reminds me Terraria kind of, kind of even yeah though. yeah no it, it does it definitely does sound a re- relatively similar to something along those lines like um, yeah exactly um, but yeah I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of similar to Starbound which is uh, you know that the, the procedurally generated worlds you can go up into uh, space and then you go down to a planet and it procedurally generates and then you can explore and mine and build things on it um, so it, it, it has that kind of sense of discovery but those games also have a tendency to uh, not be my, my thing um, just like because I things? Yeah, it's very like the way that it's been described so far sounds very similar to Minecraft, only much prettier and with uh, first person in space travel. Well, Minecraft's first person, but science fiction. Yeah, so I don't I don't know how uh, like it's definitely not going to be feeling it directly crafted, uh, but I'm not sure how at all it's going to pan out. So it's it's pretty curious. Is this the one where the demo showed somebody like on a planet and then launching and going out through the atmosphere and then into space? Yes. And then to another, it was almost seamless how it did it too. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's definitely the appeal to it. It just has a very unique uh, attraction about it. But I don't I don't know that uh, we don't know what the actual core feedback loop is. What is the core? Are you going to be crafting? Are you going to be shooting? Are you going to be axing trees? You know, like we don't know what you're actually going to be doing in this game. I think that hmm. kind of goes back to like these trailers kind of gave me zero indication of how the game is actually going to be. Yeah, and that and that's uh, and that's a fair concern. Um, it's got a, a Minecraft feel to me. I see it being sort of a resource building uh, type game. Yeah. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong though. It could be. It could be. <laughs> that's like that's like Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with like um, Metal Gear Solid Five, right? I know how it plays because Ground Zeroes is out. You can really mm-hmm. just play it if you really wanted to. That's actually a really good point. Um, it's just going to be. It's, it's really strange how short Ground Zeroes is. Um, compared to how long the the trailer... Oh, actually, that's a good segue. Let's talk about the Metal Gear Solid Five trailer. Yeah. So did you guys see it? Yeah, did you see it? it's pretty darn good. So the, uh, the trailer is, is full of some very, very important and sentimental things. Number one, Snake now has a ponytail. <laughs> and a robot. I have been waiting for that. Yeah, mullets. <laughs> the ponytail. Some ponytails and all that stuff. And I think it's a lot more oriented towards him shaping into being the supervillain of the original Metal Gear series. Yeah, I think the theme is anger or revenge or something to that effect. Or, or painting your so dead weird. allies on your face, your dead allies' ashes on your face, and then turning them into diamonds. Yeah, and then making weapons out of the diamonds and killing everybody who killed the people that you liked. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty awesome. Oh, and, and you know how he got all those buddies that he got who died? Um, did, you, did either of you play Peace Walker? No, don't tell me anything. I want to. Oh no, it's so good. Oh, come on, don't tell me anything. I no, have I not have played to. one ever. So really? it's it's well, not no, a spoiler. Played, it's not a spoiler because I mean, like, if you played right. Peace Walker, it's something you do in within like the first like ten minutes of the game. Well, all right, you can spoil that. So you, whenever you find an enemy uh, guard, you go up to him 
and you knock them out in some way, shape, or form. You trank them or whatever, and then you extract them using the Fulton extraction system, which basically means you put a balloon on their back, they fly up into the air, a plane comes and collects them, and suddenly they're on your base and they're on your side. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Metal Gear! Well, this is supposed to be the gritty Metal Gear, I guess. Yeah, 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 which which doesn't explain how they were uh, um, converted uh, to his cause. But he's very sad about them, about losing them, even though they were they were his his enemies at one point. I am actually looking forward to Metal Gear Solid Five. I got it. What is it about Metal Gear? Okay. It, it is ridiculous. It is a joke, and it is also melodramatic at the same time. And incredibly serious. It has some themes in it about information and technology and war. And war is a big one. And, and Kiefer Sutherland, all of a sudden. Oh come on, Twenty Four is awesome. Uh, I love Twenty. You mean you mean the uh, right wing propaganda? Yes, I love Twenty Four. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so. Good. <sighs> and I'm watching Twenty Four right now, so I'm like in the mode, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. Uh, you know what? I need to play through all Metal Gears and then get to this one, but I am so, planning on it. I have I have this thing about Metal Gear, which is the fact that I kind of hate it, and I can't stop playing the games like i literally went back and i got the uh, hd collection which included peace walker Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and which was which was peace walker 2 and 3 and uh i realized very quickly that all of them have terrible controls except for peace walker and peace walker it's been a while yeah it, it's just like why do i have to fight all these bosses there's things that i hate about every single one of them that it's makes them you. almost unplayable keep playing them yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand it. So I, Ted I, has not played a single one. This is wait, what? You've never played any Metal Gear games, not even the original. No, I've got dogs barking, so I'm being quick with the mute button here. Oh, okay, no problem. But I, I, I need to say that I played the one that originally came out on the PlayStation Three. Was it Sons of Liberty? I played it for twenty minutes and said, "What is so great about that?" And then I also rented the. One for the 3DS, which is probably a mistake, uh, and didn't really get into that either. I just Wait, what, what came out for the 3DS? I don't know what it's called. I, I'll have to search it. I didn't keep it. It was just a rental. Sure. Oh, they, re- they re-released uh, Snake Eater. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's weird. That's, I mean, that one was one of, one of my favorites, just because it's like so obviously 1960s quirky, but... Anyway, well, we're, you know, we're the least up. serious Metal Gear game is the first one, Metal Gear Solid, the original really? Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. It's more comic booky than the other ones. It's yeah, but getting... it was also in a time where like it stood out because of its seriousness yeah. com- by comparison to everything else that was out that time. Well, it gets progressively more silly as you go on. Yeah, I guess you're right. And it's just there's something for everybody serious. out there. Yeah, that's the main thing. I mean, not everybody has to like every game. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty more, but it just never has moved me. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> well, we actually haven't mentioned anything from Microsoft yet. Yeah, so how about we talk about some Microsoft things? So the biggest thing that was most exciting to me about Microsoft is that they did the uh, the indie games at Xbox, or ID at Xbox. And Cuphead uh, was included, right? And Cuphead was included, which I mentioned being the creepiest thing that I saw there, which, which you know, there, there's a lot of creepy things, real creepy things. But Cuphead just had this art style that was a little creepy to me. <laughs> it's like an old cartoon. Yeah, I don't like old cartoon, like like 1920s style. Oh cartoons. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, okay, yeah. There's barely an eclipse. We have no idea how it plays, other than that it's a boss oh, we rush know, well, of some kind. Yeah, that it's a it's a uh, side scrolling shooter boss rush where you're constantly shooting bosses and 
Um, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like they lowered the frame rate on purpose too, so that it has right, that right. old time feel. Yeah, it, I think I think they like literally drop down your character animation to ten frames a second. Yeah, one uh, of the things I noticed about the Microsoft one is they focused on games this time. They didn't focus on gadgets and TV and and all of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. well, it was good for they. Re, it shows that they they do get feedback and they listen to it and are responding. I think this is the first time I had a vague inkling that I might want an Xbox One at some point in my life. Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely. I mean, like, not that there was a lot of things on it that I thought, like, that's definitely going to make me want one, considering they're, all the indie games are probably going to come to PC as well. Yeah. Um, especially, like, the ones that I was most interested in that they showed, uh, which were, like, Hyper Light Drifter. I mean, they, they showed, like, a reel of, like, just let's fly through all the indie games on the system. And there was like hyperlight drifter and there was Aztez, which, which, uh, I Aztez. learned about. Yeah. Aztez looks so good, which is, uh, for those, those not in the know is a, uh, side spoiler beat em up. Uh, we're taking place in an Aztec civilization. Um, and it's just a really smart combat system. And, uh, then the, other reminds me of God of war, but I find it more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, the, the, the best part about it is that there's gifts, and that there's a uh, that you can watch exactly what that gameplay looks like. Yeah, head stomps. Head stomps. Yes. Head stomps. <laughs> and then the other the other ones uh, there was a, an announcement of the game Inside from Lim- Limbo's team, Play Dead, uh, which looks mm-hmm. all we saw was a little boy walking through really ominous environments, and then he looks into at the very end of the trailer he looks into a giant uh, containment field where everyone's looking at and they're all terrified of something inside and it's all about mystery and whatever it's all about mystery yes mystery yeah. and whatever you should write you should be a promotional writer yeah, for that i know right good right yeah i'd actually like i could like make a living or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so microsoft uh, did talk about halo 5 sort of i fell asleep okay <laughs> they, they showed a short video of it i believe well, from what I, I mean, they they had already announced it last week, so it wasn't really that big of a of, of a news deal for for anybody who's been like glued to the the news sources, I guess. Um, but the 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 big the big surprise was that they announced the the Halo collection or whatever. What Master Chief Collection. Yeah, I'm into one. that, man. I'm kind of in for that. Is it an HD re-release of all the other previous Halo games? Yeah, one, all at two, once. Two, three, four. Yeah, HD and. Reach? Supposedly seamlessly integrated into a single I don't, story. I don't, I don't think ODST and Reach are in call, included in that. No, no, they're no, not. No. They're not the uh, Master Chief. Master canon. Chief. Yeah. Um, Just one, two, three, four. Yeah, but the, the the big surprise about all that is that uh, Halo Two is being digitally remastered. Yeah. Um, and so that you'll be able to watch side by side of the 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 old style and the new style. Yeah, you can switch um, back and forth between it, which is – I've done that before with uh, one of the Monkey Island re-releases. I guess it was uh-huh. on the Wii where you yeah. could sw- switch a button to see how it looked originally in DOS and how they had updated it. It was, it was sort of interesting to do that just on the fly at certain points. Um, but I, I'm kind of – I've never <laughs> – terrible, but I've only played one Halo game. That was the first one. But you, know what? you didn't really miss that much, to be honest. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I did it co-op with my son, and it was Yeah, that's the way you want to do it. You yeah. know what? The second game, the single player, is like an abrupt ending. So to play it with Halo Three attached would actually be pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I'm just intrigued by that. I know it's it's probably just. I hopefully it won't even be that expensive. It won't be a full sixty bucks, but I don't know. It, it's something. Halo is why people buy uh, Xboxes. So I could see the, yeah. the Halo Five and maybe this Master Chief Collection being a boost in console well, sales. Well, the biggest appeal to it is the fact that they're taking all like one hundred and some odd maps from the the long, the, the right. length of the, the the career of Master Chief or the, the Master Chief games and slamming it into one uh, multiplayer collection based on the Halo Four engine. So. So I that, think people will get into that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm into that. I'd buy that just for our rec center so that we oh, have yeah. some serious diversity of how we're going to be playing the games. Uh, the, the, the weird thing, though, is they say that, that, that they have the original Halo 2 multiplayer in there, and each Halo's multiplayer is different. Like, it's just subtly different, but it's still like, you know, you don't have armor abilities in Halo 2, and I wouldn't want armor abilities in Halo 2. So I don't, I don't know. It's more like. like charge into person's face, shoot them in head, or use with sword. with dual wielded weapons. Yeah, or use that glitch where you press the X and A button together <laughs> and then shoot the guy what? three times in the head and immediately win. Yeah, that's really? an option. Oh, oh, uh, a BRXing was that? That go. was what BRXing. it was called. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I am so humbled in the presence of these two gamers. I know nothing of this stuff. I, I only I only know this because I that Halo Two was the first game that I played with teenage boys and had to learn from them how to. Wow, I feel old. Uh, how to not die. <laughs> how how to not die and and how to actually have fun with the game instead of just being the guy that walks into the middle of a room and dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Leroy I mean, Jenkins, well, basically. Th- those games also have like a legendarily large learning curve. Like, <clears throat> 14 hours was was what it took for me to to get to a point where I could actually hold my own in in a Halo multiplayer match. But anyway, so we're getting off topic. So what what are some of the other things for me three? Uh, uh, Scalebound. That, that, Scalebound. Yeah. So Scalebound. That's on the Microsoft one, right? Uh, yeah. It's basically platinum games. So. It's yeah. It's platinum games. It looks like uh, what would happen if you were to mix uh, Devil May Cry with uh, Panzer Dragoon. Maybe. Maybe Monster Monster Hunter. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I mean, that, that, it was all just a trailer, so we don't know exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Other than other than that, than that, Hideki Kamiya was like, "This is going to be the, what define redefines action games." Oh, and he learned. He seemed like he learned English to say that. <laughs> Redefine action games, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's platinum games. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in some ways, they've changed how people make those games. So. Right, right. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm curious enough about it. Um, it, it looks, it looks like it's got potential. I mean, anything that they do has has potential. Um, oh, and it looks like that you mixed all that with uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish they would be like buy our system now because you'll be able to play this game in a couple months. Right, but right. If the, not there was any clarity on when it was going to be coming. Yeah. I don't like this. You know, like Phantom Dust, it's like, yeah, I'll play Phantom Dust, but I have no idea when it's coming out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I heard some people talking excited about Phantom Dust as well. I don't know anything about it, it but there's this... Live action arena card battling game. Yeah, so you're going to have to explain that a little bit, Zach. This I think is a remake of it, is that correct? Yeah, yeah you played the original. I played the original a little bit, and you can look at video online. It's really strange. So j- just think of, like, a CCG sort of game. 
you kind of pick your abilities, like all sorts of different magical abilities, like setting traps and you know shooting people from afar. Except for it, you play in a arena match, and it's a little slower paced than like some kind of arena battlers, like Anarchy Reigns or something like that. But yeah, it's more about using the abilities you picked before the battle in effective ways inside of the maps they play. Yeah. It- we couldn't really tell much of anything other than the fact that it felt like a lot of other games from the trailer. Yeah, it um, says that they're not changing the game itself from the original, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> so it was it was a, a, a big cult hit from from, yeah. from many many uh, over about ten years ago, right? Yeah, it was because I guess Microsoft made it originally, but then they decided not to bring it to the U.S. and then eventually another publisher picked it up in like. 2005, so it came out for the original Xbox when the 360 was already out. Oh, wow, so that's it weird. Was pretty no, that, that explains why not a lot of people yeah. heard about it. Yeah. yeah. So, cool, cool, cool. In Japan, you would know more about it, but here it's like... So did either, either of you guys ever play The Witcher, any of The Witcher games? I own them, but haven't played them. <laughs> they are cheaply found in bundles. Yeah, they, they are. Well, I mean, that's because of uh, CD Projekt Red is the company who started GOG. Uh, good old games, so that that's why. Um, and that they're currently looking like they're making a uh, uh, position, positioning themselves to, to be much more of a direct competitor to Steam, which is kind of neat. Um, but uh, yeah, so Witcher Three, they showed some of the gameplay of that, which really tried to. Everyone was like, "This, there's kind of some voodoo going on here," considering how how impressive the 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 technology is of. Uh, Real world exploration, like they show that you're tracking the the main character's tracking a griffin. Uh, in the middle of that, he's kind of going through an open world, or he's going through an open world while he's doing this. And in the middle of that, he shows up in the middle of a camp where there's a bunch of guards harassing some uh, herbalist. And of course, you fight them, dispatch them, and then he continues his his uh, hunting or uh, tracking of this this griffin. Um, and just the whole, the whole of that that that. Uh, all they showed was the gameplay, which is which is brilliant considering uh, everyone knew that the game's coming out. But Witcher one, two, and three all have very different combat systems. They all have very different uh, ways of actualizing the world. Um, and I had very little interest because Witcher one and two were just kind of like spiritually gross to me. Um, <laughs> I really should play them because you know combat is kind of my thing. Well, the first the first Witcher's combat is like. The closest thing that I can liken it to is the original KOTOR series. Like, you, you queue up your attack, and then you might press a button at the right time, but it's mostly about, like, it's pseudo real-time turn-based. Yeah, you, like, click the buttons to actually do combos. I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't played the second one. But, it's, they, but it's, the third one looks like it's very much more geared towards being something a little closer to Devil May Cry, only a little bit more realistic. So I, I don't I don't know how to, how to characterize it, because I didn't play two. See, I, I'm okay with Devil May Cry esque games, but when somebody says like Devil May Cry, like yeah, no, I, you I, I have I all those options no. in it, or else it's it's not it's yeah, it's not it's not as over the top. As, I mean, I'm just using that as a reference for like you know, you're, you're you press X to cut instead of you hold X to start a combo animation. More like an RPG, real time RPG combat system. Yeah, so, yeah. Is the Witcher series PC only, or has it ever been released on consoles? It has Witcher, Witcher two for 360. Just Witcher Two, the the first Witcher was not on any console. That's why I'm a little bit in the dark on the series. And yeah, it's it's, it's definitely weirder um, as far as series goes. Like the first game had a, a collectible card game based on your sexual conquests. Um, 
Yeah, that kind of stuff is iffy. Yeah, that that that's that's. You're not into that, guys. I'm totally into that. (laughs) I think it's it's stupid. I guess because the main character is like, what do you call it? Uh, whatever. Impotent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's he's uh. Wanders around, yeah, and then. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand know. that part either. But I, I, I think I think that that's the thing that the original uh, Polish author didn't like about the series too. But I could be wrong. Clearly, uh, a non-biblical focus of that particular part of the game. Yeah, I want to so, play it though. I just I haven't really had the time to just mess around with it. But yeah, the Witcher the Witcher three trailer was was definitely one of the the highlights as, as, in terms of uh, E 3s gameplay. Um, but especially in an event where everything was very oriented towards, uh, let's just show you a trailer. Um, we heard about things like the new Crackdown. We heard about oh, the, the new Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah new Tomb Raider. Um, Assassin's Creed. Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think it's called. Yeah, and I think there was also another Tomb Raider game that was announced that I was hearing about too, which is the follow-up and, and successor to uh, uh, Lara Croft. Um, oh, oh. Guardians of Light. Or- oh, yeah, yeah, that was a fun game. Degree, I played but- that. Yeah, I think that they announced both of the. I I didn't quite catch that one because I I only heard, caught its name in, in whispers, uh, internet whispers. Yeah, yeah, I think it's better than the reboot. To be honest, <laughs> I would completely play buy that and play that again. Uh, that was fun. That was a good another one I did with my son multiplayer, and we co-opted our way through it and just had a blast. Yeah, it's too totally do that. Sure. I'll buy it right now. Is it available? No, not quite yet. But <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's coming out soon for regular consoles, PS3 and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to check that. So, did, did any of you guys follow anything from Indie Three or hear about Indie Three? Is that a thing? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I've, I've had a hard time following it just because, uh, like, it, it's not been terribly clear what's going on with it. But the idea was, let's get a bunch of indie developers together and announce and release or make games, kind of like a game jam, kind of like a announcement of indie games i didn't quite clearly understand what it was about um but there was uh kind of from the indie community at large a a desire to make um make an alternative event and this is something that uh we've we've heard of from horizon which was the the alternate event created by venus patrol which is uh just kind of like also indie oriented a lot more art game indie oriented um and i haven't really i think that they announced all that stuff today i could be wrong uh, but I, I, I haven't been able to quite follow up on that. Uh, yeah, there's they haven't one... really done anything to the general public yet. The trailer showcase is today at 1 p.m. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to that actually. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> but there was one game that was announced in, in all this E3 hoopla that I don't know that anybody heard about because it's uh, they just launched a Kickstarter and no one's really paying attention to Kickstarter at this time. But it's a game that I'm really really excited about called Together, Amna and Saif, which is a, uh, a game about interdependence, a co-op game uh, where you play as a Muslim woman and her son, and it's a couch co-op game, so it's you know it's really about you and the relationship, very similar to the Guardian of Light thing that you were just talking about, Ted. Uh-huh. Um, and then you, you basically play as a Muslim woman and her son, and it's made by some dudes in Utah. Uh, and it looks fantastic. Like it, they're, they're just getting started. All they're asking for is 10 grand. Um, and I think it I mean, it was really close to that when I when I when I bought in yesterday, um, but it's just a a two D top down co op game that just looks it's a puzzler looks really really pretty, um, and uh, I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, it hasn't quite hit its ten thousand goal yet. It's got eighteen days to go. But it's called Together 
Amna and Saif. Highly, highly recommended that everyone check this out because I don't think anyone's uh, really talking about it yet. Have we talked about Nintendo yet? A little bit. I guess we mentioned Zelda, but we didn't really mention. Oh it. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they did more than Zelda. I thought they had a pretty good. Uh, well, they had actual representation of release dates of stuff. And not 2015. No. So Hyrule Warriors is actually coming out this year. Like October or something. Yeah. And Amiibos probably come out this year, too. Yeah, I'm not excited about that, but it's good Skylander. for them. Nintendo Skylanders. Yeah, they're going to make a billion dollars from it, too. I mean, it sounds like the perfect thing for, like, Mario Party. Like, you want to put your yeah, player yeah. piece down, and this is who you're going to be for the game. Like, you know, that it, sounds kind of cool. sounds like something they're going to use for a Pokemon title for the Wii U in the near future. Yeah, I mean that 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 would that would definitely be the the obvious demographical choice for that. But Zach, the most important thing that I thought of you about when I was watching Nintendo was Bayonetta two coming out yeah, is, exclusively. And the announcement was <laughs> so, that Bayonetta one will be included with it, which is yes. Like, my brain was exploding and yeah, you, you guys, out. you guys at home who who are driving, and you can dress up as Link. You're not seeing right now how big Zach's eyes are. They're literally bugging out of his head. (laughs) So it's basically an enhanced port of the original with no slowdown. I mean, how much better can you get than that? It's two games for the price of one. Well, they're doing things right, I think, as far as that goes. So, Zach, I I think this would be... I I don't know. Have you talked about Bayonetta a lot on this show? I don't know. I I I think that this this is a good opportunity. I think we might get some new listeners because it's an E3 show. Uh, Explain why Bayonetta is so good. Bayonetta because is like the nearly perfect combat action game. So it's basically Devil May Cry times like a billion. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with a uh, a quote-unquote uh, 10-foot tall witch. Yeah, Amazon witch who, who has clothing made of her own hair, who fights things with her feet and legs. Which and is- so imagine I'm a pastor, sell me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sell you if you're a pastor, but man, if you like video games... <laughs> and you don't care about how stupid they are because, man, Bayonetta is all sorts of good stupid. So learn. does this mean that you're going to be getting a Wii U? I would say yes, very much so. And all right. be the only one I'll own for a while. Welcome to the fold. Yes. <laughs> and I guess, um, what is it? The guy who was the director of the Ninja Gaiden reboot, Tomonobu Itagaki, if anybody knows him anymore. Yeah, yeah. He, his yeah. game, The Devil's Third, was basically they announced a release date for that one this year too. Mm. It doesn't. What look is that the, great. What is that? It's kind of a mixture of like gun and regular combat, and I don't, I don't even know how to describe it to be honest. Oh, okay. But look at a. I don't. I don't think it looks particularly good. <laughs> so there was one thing on the Wii U that 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 grabbed my attention, um, and that's. I mean, any, anything about Smash Brothers? I'm not. I'm trying. I try not to be a Smash Brothers nerd, but I kind of am. Uh, there, there's a couple new characters that they announced. Like you're going to be able to play as uh, Luma. You're going to be able to. Actually, I don't know if that was that was news or not. But you're also going to be able to play as uh, Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man. Pac-Man's Man, now in there. That. Yeah. And the, the thing the, from Icarus. The girl. Yeah, and, and some girl from Icarus. I didn't. I never even heard of her before. She's going to be like the the Roy and Marth of the series. <laughs> they announced it like there was this thing that everyone would know. And I'm like, when's the last Icarus game? Did I miss something? Yeah, yeah, no. Which was uh, the the 3DS game. The yeah. 3DS one. Yeah. Did anyone even play that? No. I played a little bit of it. Uh, my son bought it. He couldn't finish because it kept hurting his hand. Uh, <laughs> so. It was really weird, the controls. It even came with a stand for you to put the 3DS on a stand so that you could 
handle the controls better. It's really awkward to, to play. Her name but, is Lady Palutina. Palutina, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. And my son found her to be annoying, so I don't know if he's excited about her being in a game or not. I was like, huh? Who is it? They, they announce it like, we have a special surprise, and I watch it and I'm going, who is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing with that either, but uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, the fact of the matter is that they're, they're making an even larger roster, and it's more Smash yeah. Brothers characters, and I'm one of those guys who goes into the game and I hit the random button, and I because I want to get good with, or not good, but I want to get half decent with everybody. So I'm super curious as to what what it's going to be like to play as these guys. And you know what? If Smash Brothers yeah. is an online play, then thumbs up. Online play, you get you got to get friends together. That's oh. what this is about. This is about sitting on a couch, with, do your, it. with your real world butt, and and beating up your closest friends. Well, I'll play online. I think you oh. can do both at the same time too. At least I used to be able to do it on the Wii. I think I had two people in the room and somebody online. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. I do. So. All right, well, that's um, good. Yoshi's Woolly World, which is basically Yoshi with the yarn. Yeah, the yarn one. It's set with Yoshi. Uh, the other one was Kirby. So, but you know, it's a very cute art style. It'll it'll sell uh, probably some. There was also. Well, it looks the, like it's uh, a follow up to uh, the Yoshi Yoshi sixty four game. Um, why, am I, why am I forgetting the name of that? But uh, Yoshi's, Story? Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Story. Yoshi's Island? Yeah, Yoshi's Story. Yoshi's no, Yoshi's Story. Story. Which was actually uh, one of my buddy my buddy Adam's favorite games on the system. He actually got his his score for one of the levels in Nintendo Power. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no that that game that game I've seen and played a lot of. So I, I feel like it's going to be very similar, very very cute, over the top with the cuteness, make you throw up with your within your mouth cuteness. Sort of like yeah. uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Yeah, yeah. So that actually looks kind of awesome to me. Like it's I, like I, a puzzle I'm, game. Yeah, I hope, it, I hope it's like a, a, an inexpensive downloadable game. That that would be my hope for that mm-hmm. one. Somehow with Nintendo on the Wii. Yeah, that doesn't sound very promising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, they had a couple Pokemons that they're re-releasing, and those will sell like crazy. Yeah, well, I don't have a 3DS, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, that sounds like your own dang problem. Yeah. Well. I don't yeah. Have one. <laughs> and then they had uh, they had Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, which I played the uh, a Rainbow game. Is it Canvas Curse? Canvas Curse was on the DS, yeah. yeah. So this is almost the same type of game, but it does have a unique claymation style. Yeah, and well, the the Wii U pad thing is, like, perfect for this game. Yeah, I think that would be something worth trying. I don't know if I'd want to buy the game, but I would certainly play a demo of it and see what it's like. It might be really good, though. Yeah, but I thought Nintendo was pretty strong in presenting a a lot of games. Mario Maker, yeah. Yeah, I could see a lot of people getting into that. I, I'm not into making levels, but possibly a some Star people Fox. are. Some possibly a Star Fox. Yeah, some teasing about Star Fox. Maybe. Maybe it'll be as good as Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe, maybe, as long as there's real fur animations. <laughs> I'm, I'm motioning with my hands like I have like fur yeah. on the side of my face, which I actually fur. do. Ted, yeah. you are setting way too high a bar for this new Star Fox game. <laughs> <laughs> Anything will be better than that. And I, I didn't think that was a horrible game, by the way. I, I played through it, but it wasn't. It wasn't Star Fox, you know. Right. Star Fox Assault. I'm just not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was the the one right after that, right on GameCube, yeah. and that had more emphasis on flying. It was also developed by Namco, which is really confusing. And it's confusing. <laughs> and in Splatoon. Yes, that's an yeah. IP. Yeah, that's Splatoon, a Splatoon actually looks pretty awesome, especially considering it, it, it makes 
it focuses on gameplay aspects that uh, have not been done in the 3D shooter realm. Like, namely the fact that you're trying to, you're battling for, for color dominance on your map, and that you can then swim in whatever is your color. Yeah, yeah, like a squid. You look like a squid. Yeah. So, it's here's the thing, too. literally taking territory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You can see a visual representation of the territory claimed by your team on the screen. It's like playing yeah. Othello or something. Uh, actually yeah but this is you know a new game so people that say nintendo just rides on the coattails of their existing properties this is a new one so i think they get some props for that yeah that's actually a pretty pretty notable deal and who doesn't want to play like a squid swimming through paint i do (laughs) there is one notable absence from nintendo's press conference and i'm sure everybody has mentioned it at one point or another but is there a new Metroid game coming out? Or is right. it in development? I heard yeah. nothing about that. You're right. Which is strange, but I think it has a lot to do with how people received Other M. Yes. Not the best game. I liked it, but I don't think a lot of people did. So yeah. now they're kind of like a little bit backing off on the Metroid stuff. Because it doesn't sell that well in Japan, and that one didn't sell that great either, so... Yeah. Yeah, a little too bad for Nintendo. But. It'll be so, something, though. So what would you say, uh, I guess this is a, a broad subject to kind of, like, sandwich our, our, our discussion. Mm-hmm. What is what is the theology of E3? Games. <laughs> and, I mean, like, in terms of, like, for us, like, what what should be our, our approach to this? Because this is, you know, E3, for, uh, for those of us who like games, is kind of like a Super Bowl meets Christmas um, without actually getting to open presents. Um, <laughs> well, it's like it used to be. It used to be, but it isn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it is anymore. I mean, it's become much more obvious to us uh, as we're adults that it's much more about uh, the investors. It's not as much about the, the players. It's much more about like showing things to players so that the investors get excited. Yeah, it didn't really... Nothing shocked me this year, i got to say. I think that was my initial reception to it. And I think that's actually a good reaction to have, because you people can get wrapped up in hype. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. watching this press conference. Oh my god, everything is amazing, right? Because I'm right, attached right. to Company X or Company Y, right? But right, you saw a lot of nothing, to be honest, other than vague indications of most how most of these games should play. So there's really a need to kind of like separate your excitement from what's actually coming out because they're just companies they want to make money yeah i mean it's all about building up a certain level of expectation and um when when you see a trailer for a game and you hear a name and they initially get inside your imagination the goal is uh kind of to to, for that to be what sells you on on your excitement and your anticipation and so it gets bigger in your imagination and then we wonder why once the game actually comes out, it doesn't match our expectations. Because the expectations were way too heightened from E3. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 healthy to kind of... I, I, I know this is a bad attitude, but just to kind of go into it and be like, oh, that looks really exciting. I'm going to expect it to be terrible. <laughs> you should, really. Lower no. your expectations. <laughs> if, you were, if I was completely indifferent to E3 when it started this week... You know what it reminds me of? This is something that just occurred to me when I was a, a boy at the North Carolina State Fair. I would go down the midway 
where they had all of the special shows. You know, they had freak shows. They had uh, fun houses. They had haunted houses and all of that stuff. And on the front, they have all of their labeling and everything. And they have the person doing the the sideshow barking, trying to get people to come in and all that stuff. Step right up here. But if you just step behind the scenes, I remember as a boy I did that. I don't know if I had to go to the bathroom or something. But I looked at the back and I was like, that's just a trailer truck with a thing on the front. You know, with a lot of lights and display and sound and everything. But on the back, it's just this dirty, dingy trailer truck that we're going into. Yeah. And it it opened my eyes to the fact that uh, there's this thing called hype. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. Yeah, and hype doesn't always deliver what you think the experience should be like. It's like you go you go back behind the stage and you find out that it's just a bunch of really nervous people freaking out and a bunch of n- trash everywhere. Yeah. E3 <laughs> in a nutshell. Trash everywhere, <laughs> bad things. Yeah, or if you go to the circus, if you take a kid to the circus as an adult, you know, as a as a kid, it's all magical and all these things are happening. As an adult, you see these people that do this day in and day out, and the animals do the same trick day in and day out. You just see all these bored people. Uh, yeah. It's it's sort of sad and depressing. Now I'm sad. Way to go, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Eat no, <I'm> sticks. <laughs> but it's like I have, it's it's a bunch of stuff got announced, and I feel relatively indifferent. Yeah, I think that um, there's a certain level of indifference that's really healthy on on this sort of thing. I mean, it's just important to not go into it thinking this is going to be our salvation or – I mean, obviously that's a little over highfalutin and and our listeners aren't probably there. But um, much more along the lines of uh, this is is something that I'm going – it's designed to build things that we're going to be anticipating and that may or may never actually happen last Guardian – (laughs) <laughs> now you've really pushed me over the edge or maybe your game tastes are just getting more specific and it's just like well I like game X and game Y let's see and wait we'll see what happens later right Yeah, I don't know. No, that seems to be happening to me cause, I mean, and E3 is not just games either right sometimes we, th- we assume it's all about video games and it's a huge part of it but it's not, the only um, not the, it's electronic entertainment so it yeah. can involve a lot of other things. You mean it's not all about which Pokemons I get? Well, it is. It is. Oh, okay, good, good. Because I like great re-release Pokemon game. Yeah, <laughs> I would say it's a huge focus on games, but I guess any any kind of uh, you know digital or electronic movie or show or anything could be involved in this kind of thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, so uh, or maybe we're jaded and cynical. We don't. Know. And that and that's part of the problem is that once you get to be older and you've been around the game scene for a long period of time, you're going to end up becoming some sort of jaded or cynical, um, because especially considering you know too much, you've seen too much. Yeah, <laughs> I had this strange realization the other day that I have played a lot of games, and all the games I saw at E3 look like games I've already played. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. Um, is I'm not uh, sure whether it's because I'm older or that I'm looking at it more closely, but it's like. Well, what are, what are the things that are the most exciting things to be announced at E3? They're the things that are announced by companies that you already like. Yeah. Mm. Like, like I can think of uh, the, comp- the one company that uh, stands out to me a little bit is the company Jaeger. Uh, they're the ones who made Spec Ops The Line. Um, and what did they announce? They announced one new game that sounds kind of interesting. We don't know anything about it other than the fact that it's called Dreadnought. And there's a big giant 
uh, Dreadnought ship in the trailer. But the the other game that they announced is uh, Dead Island Two, which is kind of like yeah, yeah. aren't the, aren't there already two Dead Island games? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <Too many? laughs> uh, I I I mean, is it that they're a really a team that's proven themselves a little bit, but like that is kind of a weird thing for them to do. And especially considering the Dead Island trailer shows everything that I hate about Dead Island, most notably, you know, you're, it's all about, you know, misogynistic characters who you don't like doing terrible things and then having to fight zombies and then and then crashing into zombies and then having to deal with disembodied limbs and stealing shoes and loot drops. It's like that. That's not that's not the kind of thing that I want. Anyway, that, that, that I'm getting off, <laughs> off subject. Um, so, yes, we are jaded a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I'm jaded. It's just sometimes I look at the game and I'm like, well, I played that before. It just looks exactly. shinier. Yeah, it's just shinier. And, oh, now it's a 1080p. Oh, good. <laughs> good thing 1080p It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> hey, I don't hey. think my eyes can handle anything greater than 720, can they? Yeah, they can. I mean, okay. it on your, if, if you have a big enough TV, of course. Oh, yeah, it does depend on TV size. <laughs> You're correct. The waves or gradations of resolution <laughs> comes washing <laughs> Yeah, and, and if it's not 60, 60 frames per second, then you're just not experiencing it, right? So. Well, E3 <laughs> did teach me patience because, as I remember, they announced Bayonetta at E3 2006, and I was like, I can't wait to play this. And then it came out in. January of 2010. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it takes some patience. Yeah, you just yeah. never know. Because Platinum I, Games is like, we'll release this, quote unquote, soon. Like they have soon. Like every E3. When they announced Bayonetta 2? Probably like two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, was, it was at least last year, if it not It has earlier. a vague release date, which is a thing. <laughs> yeah. I can hold on to. <laughs> at the top of the E3 website, they say the future revealed. Do you think that is what, in fact, E3 does? I think that that definitely harkens back to uh, your carnival analogy, and I think that's a really good starting point. Um, you know, where do you, where else would you see fortune tellers but at the circus? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh. They're all predicting the future. <laughs> well, I mean... It, this console war. <laughs> yeah. Is there a console war in the first place? I mean... I mean, you sort of want everybody to do well so that they can continue to have some competition with each other. Yeah, but then yeah, the Steam sales, will, they'll steal all the thunder from everyone. <laughs> well, they will for you, but they won't for yeah, me. There is there is one thing that you're not hearing about at E3, and I don't know if we will ever hear about E3, and that's the Steam Box, or a.k.a. Uh, the future of PC gaming. Um, if yeah. you're a PC gamer, E3 is not exactly the most interesting thing, considering there's not a lot of things that are targeted towards you. Um, maybe, I mean, you could look at that Witcher 3, and you could look at like um, a bunch of the games that are obviously going to be coming out on, on, on PC eventually, um, and be like, hey, that's for me, but the, you kind of have to pick it out and be like, ah, I think that's going to come to my platform of choice, um, but you're still not going to hear anything from Steam, and Steam specifically uh, stays out of, Valve stays out of the conversation uh, especially this E3, like you didn't hear anything from them, and I don't think that they're. Yeah. I think they're they're developing into their own entity. That's kind of like we're going to transcend all this and do our own thing instead of trying to jump on the curtails of a, of a, an, uh, somebody else's event. It's like it's a new world, and they're doing it a new way. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and they've always been that kind of team. Like they're they, they they're always about like let's try to 
show something a different way or, or do, do something. I mean, not to say that they didn't announce Portal 2 way too many years early and then we had to sit and wait for three or four years or whatever. Um, but it's also very notable that they haven't actually announced Half-Life 3, considering everyone's pretty sure that that is the only thing worse than The Last Guardian right now. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like vaporware at best. Who yeah. knows if there is a Half-Life 3 or if there ever will be one? There was definitely supposed to be. I mean, like, the last episode of, of uh, Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 episode 2 was, like, Wasn't they, was a cliffhanger. Wasn't there supposed to be a third one? Yeah, there was supposed to be a third episode, and then they're like... And then I think there was speculation that it was like, well, we're just going to turn this into a whole third episode. And then it was like, are, is anybody even working on it? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's Portal 2. It's an idea in the minds, in the minds of Valve. It's, it doesn't actually exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, you have to think about this for a second. Like, when Half Life Two, the last Half Life game that came out, was when Steam launched. Yeah. Which was the very beginning of the digital distribution age of a, games. A decade ago. Yeah, just a decade ago. Just a decade ago. <laughs> wow. It's almost going to be the point with like the Duke Nukem Forever, where people are going to start expecting it, expecting it to be the best thing, and it's going to yeah, come out. And it's going to be, be really just a game that has nineteen ninety seven yeah. style game design. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it'll be the best thing ever. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe it is the future revealed. Yeah, it'll be the world's most realistic hitting things with a crowbar simulator. <laughs> or maybe it'll just be the entire thing will be a, a jumping puzzle in Zen. <laughs> That'll just say Half-Life 3 at the end. And then the G-Man oh, comes and say, so Your block-hopping days are over, Mr. Freeman. <laughs> that, that would probably be the one thing that would get everyone in, in the world of PC gaming to give up on PC gaming. <laughs> so do you think a company can survive if they ignore E3? I mean, oh, that's absolutely. what Valve is doing, and I'm sure there must be others. Well, you have to consider the fact that Valve's primary audience is users of Steam. So if they want to announce something, you just get a little notification on the, on your sidebar in Steam. Hey, Valve has a new announcement of Steam OS. And suddenly everyone who uses it and is online at that particular day can go and look at it. Um, I mean, they, they, they have us on a, on a hook, line, and sinker if they want to announce anything. So I'm not too worried about whether or not... Uh, yeah, and it's direct communication to the actual people that are using exactly. their product. So. Exactly, and I mean, Sony and Sony and, and Microsoft have this too. Yeah, Maybe they do. Not to and Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to announce something, you can just tell people directly through their system. Like that's yeah. I did that on the Wii U last night. I looked at all the uh, trailers for their stuff that's coming out oh, right on the good. system itself. Yeah, I mean, and that's the way that you sh- that it should kind of be anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, they could do it internally. So it would be interesting to, to see if 10 years from now what E3 is. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if we don't have E3 for, for forever. I mean, the, the thing is, it's events like this are extraordinarily expensive for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just to be able to have a booth there is like a disgusting amount of, of dollars. Yes, um, hundreds, I would imagine tens to hundreds of thousands, depending. Yeah, on. especially if you're a bigger company. You're, yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 I just know that we're talking like millions of dollars just to even have a, a booth on the floor there. So, yeah. Um, oh. So, yeah. Wow, you just made me realize that there was no Square Enix games announced at E3 at all. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. No, yeah. Well, the, the last week there was a Square Enix game that was announced, Hitman Sniper, which is going to be a free-to-play game on mobile, which is a really big deal, considering okay. everyone's... Those are, like, everyone's favorite things. Well, you know mobile what, Tomb Raider counts, and- I guess? <laughs> free-to-play. I'm just thinking, like, Final <laughs> Fantasy-related things. Yeah, no, I, well, no, they did mm-hmm. announce some Final Fantasy things. There was the... I mean, there was the Lara Croft announcements uh, for Tomb Raider. There was... And that's Square Enix. There was uh, also a couple of backlog games. What was it? Type Zero? Oh, the Theorhythm game, yeah. Uh, yeah. Curtain Call. Curtain Call? No, I don't know that I heard about that. But there, no, there was Type Zero or Final Fantasy Type Zero, which is like apparently a remake of an old Final Fantasy game that it's I never played. A PSP game that was released in Japan in 2010, and it is part of the strange, interconnected, supposedly, series of games around Final Fantasy XIII. And then they did a fan translation, which just came out a couple days ago, so they're doing an HD remake of that. Yeah, and isn't there, isn't there like, another one, too? Like, I think there was, like, another another uh, Final... Wait, there was a Final Fantasy VII G-Bike announcement trailer? Um, that's a thing. Okay. That, that's, that's what I'm finding right now. I'm, I, I mean, this is, this is exactly what I don't care about, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know that Final Fantasy 15 was not there at all. Kingdom Hearts 3 was not there at all. <laughs> yeah. So all the so, games that anybody wants from Square Enix are not. Yeah. There so you remember that mini game where you're riding a motorcycle in Final Fantasy 13? Yeah. Now it's a self. Or, or right? seven rather. Um, yeah. Now it's it's its own game because uh, Square has no problem of specifically appealing to fanboys. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like, where's the new Final Fantasy game? Uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about I it. I, I, I gave up on Final Fantasy a while ago. I think the last one that I liked was 12. Yeah, well, or you'll never like them again, John. Yeah, I probably won't. Yeah, I mean, the only the only ones that I've liked are the ones that are, are from the uh, from from that that particular director. I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but uh, the the Evilus and Vagrant Story guy. Uh, what's his name? Yasumi Matsuno. Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, that sounds right. Pretty good there. Yeah, Man, I didn't even Google that, and now I'm gonna <laughs> because I'm just yep, yes, I'm correct. Yeah. So yeah, there's some there's some interesting things going on, and so there is Square Enix games at E3. Yeah. If, if you count anything from what used to be IDOS Entertainment and such. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which, which is still strange, considering Square Enix is much more of a Western developer than they than they than even a. Uh, Japanese company anymore. As I was reading through literature, I know I saw Square Enix, but I've, I've been trying to go through it and find it, and I can't find it anywhere, but I thought I'd at least read their name connected to E3. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Lara Croft. Yeah. Alright, so, final conclusions. So, uh, yeah, E3's kind of still going on right now. When people listen to this, it won't be, and, uh, that's all I gotta say. That was really boring. I apologize. <laughs> what? Apathy is the best solution to E3. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who benefits entirely from E3. I, I assume it's developers and uh, manufacturers. Because it's not me. They're not sending me free yeah. Wii U. Well, it's, it's the investors. It's actually the investors, the people who are giving money to be able to make these games happen. They're the ones who the events are really, really for. And mm-hmm. whoever they perceive as 
the primary people who are going to give them money. Most commonly, um, I've referred to this demographic as the Mountain Dew guzzling teenage boys. Um, these are the people who uh, industry investor types think are the ones who are buying games. And the problem with that is that it's a little myopic and ignoring the fact that you have entire markets of pe- people who play games that are completely unaddressed, most notably women. Um, there's right. not a lot of games that are made at e th- that that come to E3 that people that that women are like, I, I that's tempting for me. I, I'd be willing to play that. Like the only notable exception that I can think of offhand is The Sims. Uh, they did announce The Sims 4. Uh, at which point in the show I nodded off. Um, but that's because that's not my thing, and that's okay. I wish there was more stuff like that though, so that there was more of an appeal to uh, people who aren't us really like yeah there was there was coverage for us older indie indie type fans there was coverage for action game game types there was some stuff for rpg fans and stuff like that but where is the stuff for people who aren't into those things there yeah there wasn't any uh too much major shooterness but there was still plenty of violence you know what Um, i think this e3 was mostly about appealing to the base so like well, isn't everyone though? Adopters, this sort of thing. You know what hmm. I mean? Like people who bought a Xbox One or a PS4. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you meant like the most, the basest of needs. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about like imagine this being a political conference. This is like your equivalent of an RNC or a, a you know. You're going for your common denominator. But yeah. these are the people they're appealing to because whatever mm. the case, they want to appeal to the safe bet especially when you're like making a game that has such high expectations budget wise yeah exactly investors want a notion that there's going to be a guaranteed sale so they know these people are going to buy the games you know the mountain dew demographic 18 to 35 year olds with way too much disposable income and possibly an affinity for mountain dew and Baja Blast. <laughs> yeah. so, these are the people they're going to appeal to with the big budget games because as far as I can tell casual games didn't really work out for Microsoft or Sony yeah, yeah. And, and for Nintendo they're definitely not working out anymore yeah. the, the other people who lost this uh, this uh, E3 die hard iOS fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> There were no announcements for the iOS. There, there, there will never be an announcements yeah, for the iOS. I mean, I have a smartphone, so I know that the Android shop is filled with shovelware. It's just yeah. mostly crap. There's good games in a sea of crap. I mean, it would That's be interesting. I, I'm, I'm just thinking now, and this is me thinking out loud. I know we're trying to wrap up, but just thinking, like, what would it be like if Apple made announcements at E3? And they're like, this is what you have to look forward to the next year of iOS. <laughs> or of the App Store. Like, yeah. That would actually be kind of interesting because there's no, like in my personal belief there's not enough fanfare behind iOS games and there's not enough support for what is yeah. actually worth playing. There's some fantastic not- things on iOS, but you have to dig for them and you have to. It's like going through your friend's your friend's toy box and you want to find one of the Transformers and you got to dig through all the baby toys and they're heavy. <laughs> it's That's a good illustration. The, it's yeah. not the kind of platform that lends itself to fanboy affinity. And no, it, it really it really, really does. And then, then, that, then, then that is definitely what they need. But I, I wonder if that would ever... That could ever happen. I, I doubt it unless 
Um, they they really recognize the fact that people look to their system for games, but they've been Apple's been standoffish about you know even supporting games to begin with for for years and years. They don't want to be known as a a game developing platform. Well, they didn't even go to the Consumer Electronics Show, did they? I mean, that's the big big one, and I think Apple was absent last, this past year, so they're definitely doing their own thing, kind of like yeah Valve in that sense. But I'm thinking of so, one other thing is that. People were complaining about the Assassin's Creed four-player co-op. No women. You can't yeah. play as a woman, right? Yeah. Well, it's pretty clear to me that they don't want to appeal to women. <laughs> They're appealing hmm. to these guys who are buying these systems. So the thing is, the thing is, I, I mean, like as far as players that I know who are into Assassin's Creed, I know of a lot of girls who play it, um, and Assassin's Creed has also covered. A lot of uh, like they they did the Assassin's Creed Liberty. I think that was what Liberation. It was called. Liberation. Liberation. That's right. Yeah. Which which gave you a, a female protagonist, which um, also caters to that. And if you go through, if you've played any Assassin's Creed game, then yeah. you know that there's multiplayer there, stuff too. Yeah, and the multiplayer has has female characters, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. And, and then which last is time which is they, super strange. They and announced AC three, right? And then everybody was complaining that the women were getting beaten up in more visceral ways than men. So it's like Ubisoft can't really win. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, like it's it, it is it is definitely a, a strange predicament. I mean, Jonathan Jonathan Clausen actually made a really great point about how uh, they could. Why can't they just rig up uh, female bodies onto male skeletons? I know that that's not the right the best solution, but like that that's like a one to two day solu- fix for their their problem, which seems pretty obvious because that's what they did with Mass Effect one and two. <laughs> Um, you know femshep for one and two was actually rigged to a male scale which isn't the biggest difference but in terms of like the core motion capture and movement it it it, it's probably noticeable that it's much more masculine um but never nevertheless like it's not that big of like you know they don't have to redo everything like they were saying they have to and i think ubisoft can just you know and most of these triple a games companies are just going to get away with this because they are just not appealing to those people. Whatever whatever women gamers there are, there's just not enough of them in this specific market space to really just justify. I, I don't know about that because like I think of I think of like in terms of um, just the, the sheer amount of women that were even there at E3 covering the event as press conference uh, types were that there, there's there's numbers that suggest that women actually cover maybe like 40, 45 or more percent of the, the, the present gaming demographic. And for them to not be uh, included is, is kind of uh, nonsense. Well, how broad is the gaming market? Are we talking like mobile? Are we talking casual games? Because if we're talking like Candy Crush Saga stuff, then, then like... Yeah, I mean, you'd have, I'd have to actually look at the, 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 core, yeah. the core survey, those... Cr- or survey questions, but I, th- I think that there there is much more uh, of a female demographic in games than we give credit for. But uh, definitely in in our in our Christian cluster of oh yeah, yeah. sphere, like we don't we don't see enough females, especially considering you know churches aren't really encouraging uh, women to play games. I would imagine <laughs> or men, but uh, you know there there is definitely the stereotype that we guys grew up because and and, and a lot of games are. It's the chicken or the egg. Which came first, the uh, the male centered dominance of video games or the uh, the preoccupation with doing masculine things? You know, I, 
I don't know. Where is Dead? Did we leave Dead behind somewhere? I'm just swimming along here. I'm just like a squid <laughs> swimming in my paint. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm rabbit trailing myself here. Just swimming along, gaining my territory. Can't wait for new Splatoon to come out <laughs> yeah, on the Wii U. Wii U. Yeah, Wii U. <sighs> so anyway, that, I think that, that that's our show. That just um, about wraps it up, yeah. other than yeah. the severed heads thing. Yeah. French what Revolution. That, that's why, right? There's a lot of severed heads because it was Assassin's Creed is going to be in the French Revolution. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But apparently there's more severed heads. Than that. Really? Yeah. yeah, I saw I saw a good oh. amount of severed heads. Yeah, Bloodborne has one for sure. Oh, that's kind of Excellent. Obvious. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of severed heads there. There, there was a... <laughs> Yeah, there and 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 that that was kind of like the the theme of sorts was that there's just a lot of uh, child heads, three some child heads, um, you know. Three lots of severed heads come inside. Yeah, that was next, that was next that was gen. Yeah. <laughs> next gen severed heads. Yeah, yeah. I think that now was kind of even more realistic with glistening blood. Yeah, which which I don't. The viscera. <laughs> I mean, that is something that they do to try to show off they can do, but don't get too impressed by extreme acts of violence to show yeah, the was, power of the system. That was the uh, the, the headline on, on uh, Polygon's website for a few hours was, uh, there are more severed heads at E3 than female presenters. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those severed heads are very important. Yeah, um, apparently. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's just a very strange com- uh, joke. Position of the two things and kind of like a strange throwing that out there, but I think that it does in, in, indicate uh, the preoccupation with uh, death more than uh, having female in, influence uh, on stage. Um, they had another one of those moments where people were cheering for an extreme act of violence. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Four? Yeah. Guy gets With, dude gets oh, stabbed yeah. in the face or chin and cheering and such. Yeah, I, I was I was just. I watched that video after the fact, so I didn't hear all the cheering. Um, and that was exactly what I wrote out on, on Plus 10 Damage, was about um, just like that same aspect of, let's, let's see an extreme act of violence and people cheer about it. I don't, so I don't frustrating. I don't, well, I don't, I don't seem, either. It doesn't seem like things have changed very much. <laughs> no, it do, it, I mean, it no, does a little no. bit. Like, there's, there's, you have to look for it, though, and that's the frustrating thing is like, you know, you have all these really great artsy indie games that are getting, like, main presenter time, like Abzu from the Journey Art Director, which is, like, this underwater game about exploration and prettiness. And, you know, like I mentioned about Entwined and Inside from the Limbo team. And uh, I even saw a game called Pavilion, which is was a, a just a, a sheer puzzling game that no one talked about from the PS4 presentations. There's tons of things. And, and of course, No Man's Sky, which all have, like, this artsy, fartsy style that I love. Um which I think is which is notable. You know, these are things that, that people are uh, not necessarily knowing what to do with, but uh, the kind of things that I'm like, hey, this is progress. At least we're not watching Joel shoot a guy cowering for his life again. Wait, no, we did watch that with the uh, the guy stabbing his subordinate officer with Far Cry 4. Never mind. <laughs> well, you know, like the, the Roman Empire, bread and circuses. That's that's the uh, that's the base. Give people stuff for free and give them entertainment. That's all I really want. Bread and circuses, my friends. And, and there will always be, um, what do you call it? Advancements on the outskirts. But those yeah. things yeah. will be 
integrated probably not from an aesthetic standpoint, but at least from a mechanics systems rules-based standpoint. Mm -hmm. At least as far as video games have gone, that's been my impression. But at least, Josh, you're looking for it. You know, you're looking for what's good amidst all the other. These yeah. strange, like, indie 5 10% out there on the outskirts. And some of the stuff they do will get really popular and then get integrated. But it's never going to be this just giant transformation. Yeah, you're not going to see, 50, uh, you know, 15 million sales and people going out and making a, uh, you know, hyperlight drifter become the new... Uh, the new Call of Duty. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just not going to happen. But no. you'll see little things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the continual changes. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is a good talk. Yeah. All right, so, Ted. Any last thoughts? No. E3 is an exciting exhibition about entertainment and the electronics industry, and I am glad and proud to have discussed it with you, my friends, and my brothers. Aww. Aww. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> All right. Now I'm, I'm going to go to work and decapitate some people. Yeah. E3 cast. <laughs> <laughs> decapitate a griffin. <laughs> <laughs> How about you guys? That was my final thought. That's I awesome. I was just thinking of all the decapitations I'm going to do <laughs> later today. Uh, what are you playing? Uh, nothing, actually. I uh, don't okay. anything. I thought you were actually referencing like a game you were playing. No, oh. <laughs> I haven't played anything in like two weeks, or just feels that way. Yeah, that's because you're not you, you don't you don't play games. You should. This is officially no longer theology gaming. This is this is the uh, theology nothing podcast. <laughs> hey Zach, I downloaded uh, Dark Souls One for free uh, from Microsoft Gold Live Gold. So oh, I've cool. I've played it too for about two hours. Oh, nice. We're gonna have to actually like going? discuss that. Yeah, I'm still working my way. Uh, Demon Souls, I've kind of halted on, but uh, the Dark uh, Dark Souls, I have. It's almost easier than Demon Souls, so I feel like it is actually. Like I, I was playing it. I, I actually just recently started picking it up, and I found that like there's yeah, I had some trouble on a boss, but that was because I didn't realize I needed to do a specific way of finishing off the first Taurus Bull boss. But uh, the yeah. um, by and large, it does feel a little easier than 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 uh, Demon Souls, just, just from, like, a, a feeling sensibility. Oh, did you guys not wander off to the other paths at the beginning of the game? Oh, no, no, no. I, defi- I definitely got killed immediately by the ghosts and got killed by the, oh, the okay. skeletons and all that stuff. No, I, I experienced that. But, I mean, like, once I figured out, figured out where to go and where the game was trying to filter me... Um, yeah, it becomes they- fairly obvious very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that's also smart game design and the fact that you have to feel your way out in the environment and everything links back together. The game design is way better in Dark Souls than it was in Demon's Souls. Like, Demon's Souls is like, hey, we don't know how to quite do, like, a, a link-together world, so you're just going to start in a hub and you can just yeah. go through doorways. I don't yeah. mind the hub. I think the hub's good. I just don't think it's that's right. uh, immersive. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway... Yeah, we'll talk more about that sometime. I just want to let yeah, you know we'll, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have more of that Demon Souls, Demon Souls recap. We'll, 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 just have, we'll, we'll have a little bit because I think that uh, you don't want this to become the Theology Dark Souls No, we podcast. have a Soul to Soul podcast. We're going to yeah. have oh, okay. All right, yeah. That, that doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all talk about Dark Souls. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it makes, I mean, like, it. It's it's not a bad thing considering that game has such a good following. Well, it was our most downloaded podcast ever. So yeah, so yeah. But but we're but we're all those German Dark Souls fans. 
<laughs> I don't know. Look at your demographics map, man. I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to keep playing and keep playing. Yeah, you know, I played through all of them and now I'm good. So Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah you'll, you'll, you'll be good now. for a little bit. Yeah. Until Bloodborne comes out, you've got to buy a PS4. No. <laughs> I don't want to spend $400 to play one game. Yes, yes, you do. What kind of future are we in where I have to buy a stupid console? To, yeah, like no, that's, could, that's a fair point. It should be on Steam. Just release it on Steam. Yeah, that's, that seems like a smart idea. Well, exclusivity and people buying, paying for exclusivity and, you know, whatever. Exclusives were dead, yeah. but apparently they've returned to the vendor. Yeah, they're, 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 they're trying to bring here. back. I mean, yeah, there's not as many, but... But also, maybe by the time you get around to it, the price will have dropped on a PS4 by a considerable amount. I would hope. Maybe or you by, can buy one used. Maybe next console generation. <laughs> or you could break into a neighbor's house and steal theirs. Nope. There's... <laughs> There's got to be some crime way that you can get one. I, that, I legitimately that thought that I actually want a PS4 after the C3. Like I thought that that was going to happen, and I was surprised that like I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, especially considering no one even mentioned the witness. Like seriously, but that was like the one thing on PS4 I was interested in. Wait, is Jonathan Blowy was he even there? I don't know. Was he there? He definitely wasn't on stage. <laughs> like, where is Jonathan Blowy? <laughs> Honestly, like I think that he like like last week, I think he announced that he no longer wants to be associated with the indie scene. Or, or I, I don't think that that was exactly his words, but it was something that was how people interpreted what he said. Oh no, <laughs> the fracturing is beginning. Oh no, indie yeah, scene is on its way out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, we've talked entirely too long. We need to wrap this up. All right, all right. E three cast. Talk to you again next time. See you guys Love later. you guys. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.